Volunteers and members, Jordi Docherty, and just to kind of give a wee bit of house story, talk about what it's like being at Menmark Scotland, and aye, just the rest. So, aye, Jordi, what have aye. you been up to recently? Just well, recently, I've uh, you know, I've been doing my music, mate. You know, I mean, I've been trying to keep myself focused on something at least because maybe the past, maybe in the past, I've not been focused on a lot of things, uh, and I think that really, I think. Like the music side, I think I've took it to the next level. Like with the production and stuff like that in the past year or so or two years, but I'm trying, I'm trying, trying to do something with it. I mean, I'm trying to try to get it out there. You know I mean, but also being at Menmar and stuff like that, like has been a big key. You know, I mean, it's been a big key in me actually finding myself and finding how to actually become that sort of person that I can be through my music. You know what I mean, so yeah. I see. Um, before we get into talking a wee bit on my nitty gritty, do you want to tell anybody that's listening where they can find your music? Aye, so I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Music, I'm on SoundCloud, I'm on most streaming platforms to be fair because through the way I release, I release on my own for DistroKid and they actually put it on most of the streaming websites, so even in all the obscure ones like Deezer and stuff like that, be on there. But then, like, uh, aye, it's. it's it's doing well, I mean, it's doing well. Yeah. I can can see there on your, we've got your these SoundCloud loaded up in front of us and he's <laughs> pushing up to nearly a thousand followers. So uh, for anybody, um, you know, like, ah, <laughs> give, give him a follow. That's, uh, he's, uh, he's DJ Dystopamine. Uh, um, dystopamine, so Dystopamine is a, is, it's, what it is, is like it's, it's, if people don't know, we'll get this later on, but Dystopamine is one of these things that's quite, a good name for me because I got it. I, I'm a big, massive fan of dystopian things like George Orwell and 84, like Blade Runner, like all that sort of stuff. And the dopamine side things we'll probably get into. I mean, but like, I think like, uh, the dopamine side thing is uh, a big key in a lot of my life <laughs> that I found out. I mean, so I think, I think this is uh, so I. Tragic, man. Yeah, man. Well, I, it's great to have you on, man. Thanks very much for coming along. Um, Aye, we can see you've got six to eight tracks as well, so there's definitely a lot of output there. <laughs> aye, that's Just keeping that. it going, man, keeping everybody aye. engaged and everything like that. So, aye, aye tell us, Jordy, what were you like, I guess, growing up? What were you like in school? I've known you since school, man. It's been aye. a long, long time we've known I, each I, other I, now. I, I, just, mate, I, think, I think one of the things is, like, you know, I was, I was always, like, to the people that knew me, they knew that there was a lot of stuff that... Maybe I didn't make clear to a lot of people in school and stuff like that. But like the life, the life I've lived is not. It's to be to be fair when I say this story when I say this sort of thing to you, I always feel a bit like you know when I'm saying it to people. I don't feel as like it's really as bad as what other people seem to think it is. I mean, a bit of my own opinion, but purely I've realised it's because I'm a bit desensitised it a lot of the time. I think and I think a lot of stuff that's happened, I still not even really. Because it just happened and it happened so it happened the way it happened, I just I never really like it just seemed like life to me, you know what I mean? Yeah, it seemed yeah. like life in general, you know what I mean? It didn't seem but I do I do look back and I want to go I maybe maybe fair enough, people are 
It's one of the things that we always kind of talk about in the hub here as well is that your problems aren't like you ah, might yeah, not yeah. think that your problems are necessarily, I guess, as big as other people's mm. problems, ah, but your problems to you are the biggest problems ah, because of yeah. the problems that you face. I, I, it's I, also I, like when you're facing it going through it, you don't realize, I guess, how serious or severe a lot of the things could be until you look back later on either so a lot of the time you go oh it wasn't that bad yeah. but then you actually right. I, I said that no it's not about like, it's, it's totally right mate like, it's not about who's got the worst story I mean that, what, I, what I do agree with a lot of the time is the fact that like, somebody could be maybe like have a good life in that on the outside but then to, for them to go through something would almost be ten times worse because they've never seen anything bad happen in their life uh, I, mean, aye, I, think, right. I think these people could end up being a lot worse off in the long run, to people who've maybe been exposed to a lot of bad stuff as a child, I mean, it's... Uh, mate, I, I, can, I can totally agree with that. Um, I notice that now, see that um, anxiety disorder has become so prominent and Aye. so many people suffer from it, but see from, since I could ever remember, like my base level of anxiety has been through the roof. Aye. Aye. And um, so, like, I... I am. I mean, it's not really about talking about that today, but I know exactly what you mean. It's like uh, people. um, It's almost like it's almost like having a like a sixth sense, like Mm -hmm. of like because it was almost like just waiting for something to. You were were already prepared for a lot of things to happen. Put that really, but the way that when I was younger, it was quite. So I'll start a wee bit about it. Was like I was younger, like my mum and dad, like. Like a lot of people's mums and dads, you know what I mean, did argue and stuff like that. So it wasn't really that side to it. What it was is just I'm more sensitive to a lot of things that I've realised mm-hmm. now from my diagnosis of ADHD, right? And I think what I've learned is a lot of the things that maybe I would actually a lot of people would, would to go through similar things, but mine was sound, but I've got like a bad thing of a really sort of sensitive to sound is why I'm good at music and stuff like that. But I think one of the also things is I've I was really sensitive to maybe mum and dad arguing more and you know, I've got a real bad thing where like people arguing, when people oh, argue, like, I, I hate it. Uh, you environmental sounds uh, and stuff uh, like that. Uh, and it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's but it's also not really. I want to make sure that uh, we say this. My mum and dad are good people. They're really good people, and I don't blame them for anything. Like, it's not like, like really they they don't know about anything either. You know what I mean, like, mm. because at the end of the day, like. You know, like, not a lot of us do know uh, about things that's why there's so many new things coming out in the news and everything uh, nowadays like um, there's a lot more funding being put into I guess mental health and um, uh, awareness learning about uh, disorders yeah because uh, not a lot of people have I'd even taken the time to learn about this until uh, the past I guess 10 well, even like 5 years I don't know, I don't know mate. It's, and I think it's also that I, 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 I did get tested for ADHD in school and they missed it mate I mean and that's, that's one of the things I, I really get annoyed about is the fact that you know it, things were there in place I mean I mean I'm obviously my teacher who did put me forward to get tested knew right she knew something was up but I think you know that's the thing about like ADHD isn't just the, like ADHD is like a, it's a fuel to a lot of other mental health conditions I mean that makes Aye. sense like, yep. it fuels other mental health it doesn't actually it doesn't purposely make you think negatively it gives you the tools to make you think negatively yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing so like, I, people with ADHD have more more of a, a tendency to feel emotion deeper, uh, feel anxiety deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, we were talking all, uh, off the mic, Snap and Jordy was saying how 
your brain's constantly making scenarios oh, yeah, and yeah. that can lead you down to creating the wrong scenarios yeah, in your yeah. mind especially if, you're, if you've not got an outlet I think what you said you touched on that was the fact that I think like see like you know creative people but a lot of people with ADHD are very creative so I think this is a this is a it's a, it's a really thing where it's like the stimulation's not coming from outside your brain. Basically, if you imagine, like, if you imagine people needing to, like, you know, like, if they've got a niche, right? That's it. Basically, ADHDs are having a niche, like, constantly, like, just to basically, like, you know, say things or do things and make. And that, but I think it's it's almost like I've, it's I can't really describe it any other way than that because I don't really any other word. No, it's just compulsions. It's just impulsions and compulsions. But it's, I think I think what it is is like it's not. It's because you genuinely, like. Like you genuinely like, like want to express a lot of things a lot, and you become very you become very in a way where you need to like explain yourself quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Because, you know what I mean, which is which is great for this. You know what I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think that can be frustrating. See, when you're young and you don't have the tools to express uh, yourself, so you don't have the language to use, <laughs> and you don't have the you you can't quite make sense of it, and that's why when people talk about. I mean, I remember like Bruce Lee saying martial arts is an expression of yourself uh, and I was like, what the fuck does he mean? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what it means is, is you might not have the, the, the language to say uh, what you're feeling, but you're trying to convey it through a uh, medium like music or martial uh, arts, that, sports, uh, whatever language it is. language in itself uh, anyway, isn't uh, it? Like that's martial it, arts, it's like basically like having a conversation or an argument mm-hmm. with somebody uh, or a debate. For sure. I think that... Um, Obviously, school's not geared towards the individual, and it's not. It's especially not geared towards the individual that comes up against, uh, say, neurodivergent right. conditions so, such as ADHD, right. autism, Asperger's. So we actually get back to school probably because uh-huh. I think that's all. But, but I think, I think what, what it is is we're in school, right? So we're in school, mm-hmm. right? Me, I'll be honest. School was sort of social nightmare for me, like, but like, in, a, yeah. in a way, in a way that nobody really saw it, nobody really saw how much I really didn't like it, and I mean, I think that's, like, like because I was genuinely, genuinely, like, 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 I couldn't understand, like, a lot of things, I was, I was saying about, I care a lot, a lot of things, I care, like, one of the things when I was growing up was I just cared so much about things, and I think that really affected me to the point where, like, I could not, like, I could not understand why people didn't understand why I cared about things. In school, through school and that, being in primary school and that, right, being in primary school and that, like, people did not get, that, like, you know, taking my, taking my, to, I, wasn't, I never get bullied and that, wasn't that, mm-hmm. but it's just what we guys do, you know what I mean? But I think, like, I think a lot of the things people done to me, I took it really to offence, mm-hmm. I mean? And I walked in my head that I thought they were purposely doing it because it was me. When really, if I walk, if I think back, if, I, if anybody would be doing that to anybody, I mean, they would just be, they'd be doing things like that. But ah, you've got a nice toy, can I play with for uh, a minute, kind of thing? But then you you don't see it as that. You see uh, it as I've got a nice toy. This guy's wanting to take uh, it off yeah, me. Yeah. And it was almost like everybody had an, ad- an agenda against me. Yeah, ulterior motives. Uh, and I think like throughout my whole life growing up was always like, I always felt like I was sort of singled out. I always felt, but really it wasn't. Really again, it's going back to the scenarios. It's like I'm just making these scenarios up in my head. Like, I've already thought about what people think, what I, what I think they would think about. I think about what they would say. Yeah, yeah. And I and I, I can sometimes get myself really annoyed about it. I can sometimes get myself. They would say that. They would fucking say that. And I'm like, like, and then obviously, but they've not said it. I mean, they've not said it. And it's like, but that's the thing. That's that's my really that's my problem. Is I I'll put I'll go through a scenario and I'll basically like 
I will walk out and my I will annoy me like, like no even where it's not even happened. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. Uh, can I? I just say see what you're what you're saying there. That really kind of make makes me think it gives you a wee bit of insight into you know what people like we. We talk about people, right? A lot, a lot of times you hear people saying, "Oh, that that person's always negative. It's always everything's woe is me, and everything like they're always saying everybody's out to get them, and it's, they just need to shift their attitude and positive thinking." But what, what you're telling us there is it's starting to give us a wee bit of an insight in, into how someone becomes like that. And and as a kid, it, it's no your fault. It's no. you, you're you're no. reacting a certain no. way because of your disposition, because of of a condition. I mean, see, when you come to places like Men Matter and, and stuff like that, the, as an adult, you can start to learn tools, skills to change your thinking and, and to like, can almost hack your brain into thinking a different way. And it, it takes time, but it's just good to, to look at that, that from a point of view of that person's no doing that to themselves purposefully. Because I've said that, like, when I've went through things, it's like, I'm no, I'm no consciously making myself the way I am. Aye. But... Uh, it's, it's, I know I'm what I'm it's doing. It's a manifestation. Right. It's like a manifestation of like a like maybe ke- people can say the chemicals in your brain or whatever you want to say, right? But in the same way, in the day, like you know, the chemicals in your brain, like yes, it can be changed. That's the thing when I talk about medication, that right? Like medication and stuff, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, a lot of it works, and I'll be, I'll be, I'm a big fan of the day medication. But a lot of people aren't, mm-hmm. and also, mm-hmm. but these things, all the, also these <coughs> things are like, you know, like. I would say that only AIDS, you know I mean, that AIDS in a way were like, like, that AIDS in a way were like, you know, you've got, if you've been given a tool, right, and you need to, you now need to learn how, you to, use learn how to use the tool, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, like, too many people think that there's, there's going to be a cure for mental health, right? That is like the last thing they'll ever bring it, because one, that would just, that would be like a dystopian, that would be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. be like just a happy pill you could take every day, you know what I mean? Just say, that's what I'm saying, like, that's, that's not going to happen, that's, like, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. For me, I find that obviously, like, it's the same way, obviously, with ADHD medications, but it could be said for mental health, Aye. with um, antidepressants as such, uh, SSRIs, for example, the doctor's more than willing to give you a prescription SSRIs and go see if this helps but you probably won't feel any effects for two weeks but they're not telling you once this helps you have to do something about the root cause they're not telling you anything about the positive strategies you have to do obviously they'll go go and look at that board outside or they'll go have you ever heard of sleep hygiene and all the rest of it that's what I always got but I just I have an issue getting to sleep like it's no like sleep hygiene or anything because I've done all of that it's about like what is sleep hygiene can I ask that it's just basically getting into a good sleeping pattern yeah so it's basically like things like um, I thought it was changing your sheets (laughs) (laughs) so sleep hygiene is basically things like not giving yourself um, exposure to screen time or electronic devices like 60 minutes before (laughs) bed Um, not drinking caffeine after after 8pm sounds boring as fuck after like 4 it does sound boring Uh, as fuck but see a lot of the time it does I I, I get you Deacon um, I'm the same as you mate like all these things that most people do that look Uh, at screens right up to the floor try and fall asleep and they just fall asleep whereas you uh, me Jordy we, we obviously collectively don't sleep well so. uh, <laughs> I'm constantly constantly like just trying to find other ways to I guess limit my screen time on my phone because my brain just itches at it it goes right you I could think, check think, this you could check this go and check your emails check I think, your emails I think going back to that fact that the ADHD is a big problem that people don't get about ADHD is like my brain I don't mean does not work right I don't mean does not work 
So by giving me a phone that gets something I can look at and it purely gives me dopamine, right? Because like, <laughs> that's what I need in my brain to actually function properly, right? Like, that, I mean, I, I'm in an ADHD group on Facebook, right? And I think one of the funniest things is I don't know, I don't know, I message in that group, right? And also, I've been in mental health groups for, for like forever since for the past seven years. So I know that a lot of people in there are quite tired, are quite, are quite hanging out, right? they'll get back to me when they get back to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, the ADHD group, right? When I found out I got ADHD, I messed in a group and uh, literally within four minutes, right? I had about yeah. 15 replies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're all, they're all, every single one of them, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is how my life is. <laughs> <laughs> see, um, tell, tell, see, uh, if Andy's listening, a lot of people think of ADHD as just being like there always was like an ADHD like kid in the class that would just run about oh, and all right. that. He and just every, wants to throw chairs. He's just a wee yeah, shite. Right, He's more right. I don't discipline him or that. Explain to people what causes it, what and what it is. So the, the cause behind that is stimulation, right? So if you imagine dopamine, right? Dopamine is a chemical that basically keeps you motivated, keeps you things like that, right? And it's a reward centre, yeah. right? So what it is is basically you'll be like a if you're sitting in a classroom, right, and something's outside, right, like, what the thing is, is with ADHD, you get, it's not being distracted, right, it's actually too much attention, to your attention, your attention's focusing too many things, so that you can't, but what they, what they way they describe it is you can't focus on what matters, but I don't think that should be a thing, <laughs> I don't think it should be a thing what matters to focus on, I think mm-hmm. what it is is how you teach somebody to use their focus in a way they can channel it in a way and I think what it is is when people get up in a class and they basically cause chaos and all that sort of stuff that's because purely they're not their brains are not like my brain I mean is not meant to sit in a classroom and not be stimulated right that's not what my brain works but I was different I did an attentive side so I was more an attentive I had the hyperactive side as well but I was much more inattentive, which is basically like just just like in daydream land. Do you know what I mean, like, like see the hyperactivity part of it. A lot of it, like obviously, they say, "Oh, this kid lashes out in class. This kid's badly behaved." But that I think that comes with they can't, they don't necessarily have the ability to focus, so they can't uh, learn. The way that it was put across to me when I was younger uh, is it was a limited emotional vocabulary, which basically means that you feel a certain way, but you don't have the words or the feelings to express it. Uh, so you end up lashing uh, out or doing something it, that would express it in a way that makes sense to you. It's like a limited emotional I vocabulary. There's a real problem with the fact that, you know, like, um, the people with ADHD, like they're seen as the problem the and it's, it's, it's an old fashioned way of thinking it's sort of dying out now as I think a lot of the schools are not better now but I think what it is is like you know you get there's a thing called looking into the new called RSD which is rejection sensitive dysphoria right which is basically heavily linked to ADHD in a way where like you're told your whole life you're not you're, that's not the right way to do something right so when you're very, for, your very, for a very young age you can't do this that's not the right way to fit in fit in fit in right you need to fit in with everybody else so you start going everybody hates me Right, as a kid, but you don't yeah. realize it's, it's subconscious, right? You just you don't realize why I can't do this or I can't do that. I want to do it this way, you know what I mean? So everybody's telling me I can't do it that way. Everybody hates me, so you get rejected, right? And it's basically a thing where like, you grow up like not being able to deal with rejection, and like it's almost like a trauma for you when people. So we, that's why we get called people pleasers quite a lot because I think I think like I think seeking me, approval, seeking approval, but it's not what it is. Is you just don't want to let anybody down. Mm-hmm. You don't want to let anybody down because 
whoever's ever let you down in your life, you remember that feeling because of the rejection, because of the feeling it. It's like I seen a meme, it was like, oh, you compliment a girl's hair. She's like, oh, no, I don't really like it. You compliment a guy's haircut once and he's got the same one for 10 years. I like your hair. I've not changing this in my life. You're touching on something dead important and my personal opinion is I think that the ADHD is like naming a, a disorder after a symptom. Uh, it's like, yeah. say, no, for example, the, the attention deficit and the hyperactivity is a symptom a of the, the, the dopamine imbalance. And yeah, it's it, really bad. Aye, and it doesn't it does really do it justice because Jordy's touching on the rejection sensitivity, the emotional dysregulation uh, where you can feel real, real, real kind of what you were talking about there is deep empathy towards other people you you can feel real lows and high highs so that that empathy you're feeling towards somebody else you like what you're saying is you don't want somebody else to feel down because you know how how it is to feel down that's the whole point honestly genuinely I think it's one of the most beautiful parts about this is the fact that like you know we all we know it's basically that feeling of like everybody else like doesn't need to go through this right? mm-hmm. and it's like I constantly like, I think because genuinely you just don't want anybody as I said like, you don't want anybody to ever be like in a position where they feel as bad as you and it's like and I think like, I think like that's that's, a, that's that's where the NPC come for the most because it's genuinely like, like, it's if I feel this way how do they feel I, well, no, I don't want that to be that it needs to, yeah. you need to you need to make sure that you know because I think it's it's almost it is a traumatic thing, but that's again is it really though? Because that's the thing also the things that I would get traumatized by, right? Under the same as what other people does, and so that's is another thing we do. Is when we flip it a wee bit, if we flip it, you know, we we always go on a bit like you know, well me I go on a bit like how like you know like. I'll be like, I'll, I don't want to be feel that way, right? But they're not, maybe they don't actually feel that way when that happens. Ah, <laughs> so, so, so you're learning that and accepting uh, that, oh, it's a good, you can start uh, moving forward a wee uh, bit because uh, you go, right, they're not actually as feeling as bad about it as I, uh, I feel for them. Uh, but, um, but I think but it's almost, is that a nice thing though? Is that, that is a nice thing and that's what I like about it is the fact that we just, we just want everybody to do it. I, I would yeah, say, yeah. I'd agree, man. I'm, I'm dead, I'm dead like my ma, just personality-wise and my ma really does get very fucking into things, like really intense and she f- definitely feels things very intense and I'm like that. Um, but, it, I mean, I've always thought I wouldn't want to be another way because... Uh, like I enjoy just feeling I feel I definitely I feel things just so deeply uh, and you get I mean that that comes with some some shite lows but it comes with a fucking a lot of, a lot of understanding uh, and, and uh, um, kind of good good uh, obviously high times I don't well. know like for me I mean I'm uh, you've been diagnosed haven't you I was, uh, I was saying to Jordy, I was going to keep this. I was going to keep that uh, to myself. But the way I'm talking, Sorry, no, no, don't, no, don't. It's in the back. No, uh, no. I was only, do you know what? I was only going to do that because Jordy. Um, it was Mel Jordy's podcast, but I have been diagnosed. But the way, the way I'm talking about it, I think for kids about that. Why is he talking as if he's got it? <laughs> no, for me, like I'm, pro- I think I'm the only person here that's not actually received a formal diagnosis in that way. But for me, like, I'm in the process of getting a diagnosis, but it's only through listening to like people like yourself, Jordy, uh, you know, like, the way mm. they used to deal with it, and then realizing that. 
Aye, it well, makes get, sense to me. We only like get 100%. diagnosed. We only get diagnosed last year, so aye. mate, we're, time, we're, you're, no, you're no far behind us. You know what I mean? Time, basically, I so I, I'm in the process of it just now, man. But I find that like separation anxiety is a massive one that I had struggles with, yeah, like yeah. through because like. And when I got in a relationship, the attention was just focused on like, having yeah, a that's relationship. That's, that's, that really, kind of that's a really, that, it's a tell about relationships. That, to me, like, I am ultimate, like, full on mode. Like, but uh, but that's what people don't get. Like, so like, I think they don't, people don't get that side to it where you put everything in every panel for a second, right? You put it, I mean, like, to, the point, like, to the point where it's almost, it's too much for a lot of people. And it's finding that sort of balance of, you know, so they just go, love you, love you, love you. Like, like, it's like, so, so they just get to the point where, like, it's like, you just, it's really intense to the point where, like, having a fear that you're going to say that to somebody and they're going to go, Oh, uh, that's when the rejection sensitivity comes back round uh, for yeah. you, isn't it? Um, and it's all going through your head at a million miles an hour. Uh, it's not mm. like you can either like put uh, reins on it or anything. Like like what I've, I've noticed the best part about that is the fact that, like, you know, like uh, people in the ADHD group, um, I'm in and stuff like that, like you know, they all group with somebody with autism with ADHD. That's like, so, so like, <laughs> and it's like, and it's every single one of them. I mean, I'm ninety percent of them anyway. Group with somebody with autism with ADHD, mm-hmm. and I think because you know, like that's a that that's always a nice thing because it, I look at it really nicely. You know, I look at it really nicely. Like, they're all, doing a good deed. <laughs> they're all getting together. <laughs> Come on, oh, yeah, that's like, really, that's really good to you. I guess it's also like in a way, it's like finding someone that understands you I for know, your quirks and all that kind of stuff. But then, like like I said, sitting down and talking to people like yourself, and then you start to realise things in yourself. I would honestly say you've got a sort of radar, mate. You've got this sort of radar where like. I mean, it is true that my doctor a- told me... ADHD, darling. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's a laughing track. <laughs> <laughs> I've turned the sound student. Oh, well. Aye, anyway, ADHD, darling. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think, do you know what, like, I think, look, like, ADHD is... It's 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 something when you learn about it, it's like, oh my god, how did I not how did I how did I not know this? Like, no. I mean how did I how did I know how did nobody like, and that's the thing, so you can actually explode a wee bit, which I did, I went a bit off the rails. Like I didn't really realise I was, but what I was doing was like I found I know subconsciously I'd found out I had an answer for it, which mm-hmm. is what I always wanted, what I always wanted in my life. But what I didn't realise is like the fact that it was ADHD and it was something I can't get rid of mm-hmm. because it's uh, not a, yeah, they, yeah. They, whereas before I thought when I found out what it was I would get rid of it and I think the subconscious I'm that like aye oh fuck I'm that this is me you know what I mean aye. and I just and I basically just said what I wanted done what I wanted like just because all these impulses that I had I've been blocking for years mm-hmm. so I was on Snapchat and people got me on Snapchat but I was like all this sort of thing or like I was just saying things I'm like do you know what I want to say this I want to say this and I need people to hear this. So uh, it's like it. liberating in that uh, way. No, uh, no. Where it's like giving you the, um, I guess, understanding it more so that then you can go, it's okay. Uh, do you know uh, what I mean? It's all right a big to do part. this. See, uh, see being, not being so hard on yourself. Uh, uh, and it, it, this, this goes to anybody. Like, you have expectations of yourself, but... I mean, when when you really look at it, um, this, was in, this was in the power of now that I picked this up, like... He's saying like you would try and you would say you're going to do things like say uh, one another thing in ADHD is the executive function or lack of executive function so doing things you know you should do when you should do them 
like you don't you just don't dare them for whatever reason <laughs> but you know, a lot of the time you set yourself a task, right, I'm going to get up at this time and clean the house by this time, go a jog by this time, walk the dog by this time, then you don't do it, and then you beat yourself up yeah, and you yeah. really punish yourself. Yeah, really but yeah. you, if you take a step back, who who made the who made the, the schedule? Or the expectation. Uh, I, you put that on yourself, now you are punishing yourself. <laughs> That's what you call, and always, you should always hear me harping on about this book, The Four Agreements, right? But the, the guy basically says that when your mind, you've got, uh, you kind of play different roles and he's talking about the, the big judge and the victim oh, yeah. and you judge yourself, pass judgment on yourself and then you, you become the victim of your own, your own inner self. Like, you should have done that. You should, blah, blah, blah. And, but just anybody that's, um, you know, just give yourself, give yourself a break. And I think with you having a diagnosis, almost, and, and myself, and, and Deacon, hopefully he gets guess what he needs. It's like, you can say to yourself, like, like how, do, how am I going to make this work for me? Jordan Peterson as well. Like, people like, hate the, the day that they're going to have. Like, they, they, they're, they're, they're stud- they say, I met study, but I end up playing the, the Xbox. It's like, well, Make a deal with yourself. I'm studying for an hour, then I play Xbox for a while, then I study in a bit, then I get something to eat. Then you make it when reason a day that you would uh, and work with yourself. Do you know what I, I mean? I think I think that's something I still need to learn. I mean, I, to be fair, I, I look on the outside. Like, see, that's the thing with me. Like, I mean, that's the thing. ADHD is totally different than everybody else as well. This is, but that's what I'm. T- that's what I need to touch on. Right? Is I always talk about things in a way where it's like you know, I'm saying it for my opinion. That's what people don't get right. Like, and it's like. Uh, like I because mainly because of the fact maybe I've got ADHD, like I jump for a lot of subjects, the subjects and stuff like that when I'm talking about these things on certain social media things and that and oh. like I think I think like I think like people people don't actually get like they'll see it as just like, mumbo jumbo all the time, like just sort of, but then mm. really what it is is like, you know, I'm just all I'm trying to do is explain it in my way, you know what I mean? And I think like also like what you're saying about like being hard on yourself is like that really goes back to like the the, the childhood thing as well, because this is one of the things I didn't get about my my kid my childhood is why I, as I was saying as I cared so much about things, but also cared about wee things that we're saying like putting glasses away and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, I'm like I just physically can't do that right now. Like, like, I physically can't get up and get that glass. Like, I can't do it, like, yeah. I, and I don't I didn't know why. I didn't know why. I mean I didn't have a clue like, why I couldn't do that. Like, it's like, not <laughs> Oh, like, and then my mum and that would come in and be like, like I mean all this sort of morning and stuff like that and like I would just I, I, I couldn't find the words to describe to her why I couldn't do it I mean like I, was like I physically don't know I physically don't know why I can't like get to get to the level where I can you know like put like that that like that plate down in the kitchen I mean like, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like I just I don't know why I can't do it I mean it's like, see, see when I was walking my dog I, I, bumped, I can't remember this boy's name right but Obviously, I won't get away if even if I did, because um, you know. But I bumped into this boy. He he's got a dog and all, and we get talking. We ended up just talking, and he was basically just at the doctors, and he's he's ten, he had, he's got ADHD, and he, he's trying him on different meds and that. And then I was like, oh, I was like, I, I me too. And then he was like, but I'm telling them I need help. So I, I 
I can't clean my house. I try and clean my house and it ends up dirty. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I found. Like, see, I've got like 18 different boxes just with all different shit in it, man. Like, just like, I've got caps for fishing rods, reels that I don't even hug anymore. Like, I've still got the cap. I'm like, I'm going to need it. I used to keep, I used to keep the, the letters in my house. So the letters would come through the door and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Mate, need that, right? Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's like a leaflet for like Aldi, mate. I mean, it's easy. And it's like, I'm just 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 like, i now I need to collect this. You can't like, just collect Pokemon cards aye, as a aye. hobby. No, it has to be, I'm getting this one to aye. sell the massive pack of eBay for a thousand pounds. You need loads of different wee things. It's like you need, like, you need to have, like, mate, it's funny, man. I'm, I've, got, I've got two rocks, right? Two rocks in my, in my studio, right? They just sit there, right? Like, I've got a box of rocks. There's rocks in the hub that I've brought back for places. But what I've tried to do, right? What I've tried to do is make it like artsy, right? So, like, but really, I just I like the rocks. I took the rocks. Like, and now, now I'm trying to figure out a way to keep them in my house. I mean, I said, so I tried these. Like, I've, Mate, got I've spent rocks. about three hours trying to build cairns one day. Just like, what the idea with all these stones that I've got? <laughs> just on my window, so I kept knocking them over with my bike, man. See, yeah, I'm just. I, uh, obviously we were kind of going through being young being different and it always affected you internally when's when is the earliest point you can say that that started to like you noticed that that was really affecting your life like other people right. were like and were noticing how you were and then that started impacting yeah. your, your yeah. life in a, in a more negative way I think I was always known as a sensitive kid I was always known my mum and mum dad just always keep saying I'm so sensitive I'm not too sensitive but I always just think I was very sensitive right very sensitive to the point where like, I would just, I would never, I would just get frustrated things all the time. And that, that started happening more around the age of about, if I can think about it, probably around about seven, six, something. And it was like, I went through a really angry spell, a really, really angry spell where I was like, like annoyed at everything, just like, just wanting to hit things and like throw things about. And like, and I remember like people just, like, some of our pals and that, and nights would get, you know, they would, they like, actually do as kids, you know what I mean? And again, it's not none of, none of them have ever, like, I don't blame anybody else for this or anything like that, but I think, you know, they would play to the, they would play to the weaknesses on me, they would basically try to annoy me a lot of the time and stuff like that, and I think, you know, like, that, that's what, what we boys do, innit? I mean, that's how that, but so I think, but at the end of the day, I think what it is is, that's when I realised it was a problem, because I realised how annoyed it used to make me, mm-hmm. and it really, really frustrated me when people, like, maybe done certain things that I looked at other people doing I would I'd be like that's, that's quite funny I don't know why I can't find that funny you know what I mean when I do it to me I mean and it was like and I would, I would really I'd sit in my bed at night I was just, it was really when my, my sort of thought process started where I'd go home and I'd lie in my bed at night and I'd just try and work things out mm-hmm. i just try and work everything out and I couldn't, I couldn't actually figure it out all the time like, I would just lie there and be like why did I, what, what, what is that what is that annoying me for like, and like I think like that uh, that's when I started about seven or that and then Started when I was started growing up, I would basically, you know, like my mum and dad had a sort of rocky relationship and that, and it was, was kind of hard. To, I mean, I would, I would, it was, it was because I started thinking, like, you know, like, was it was it my fault? Was it all that sort of stuff? Or the usual things that a lot of people go through and stuff like that. And like, I think, you know, that life of 
sort of the constant 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 stress self-criticism so I was criticising myself like I was criticising I was I was criticising myself I mean, my mum my mum and dad were like criticising each other like, like my wee sisters were like, because they were young they were shouting all the time and the sound thing for me is a really bad thing because I realise that a lot of the things that I'm scared of like, talk, like I think back in the memories are always associated with a sound so like, my mum and dad were arguing I can remember a lot of things they were saying to each other but then like, again not, not, I don't think a lot of people would do that I mean so that's why I, I mean but then I think like also like, my wee sisters were screaming uh, like if I was glasses dropping in the floor when my dad had people in, like all these sort of things that I just associate with the noise, you know what I mean? Like, mm. and like, uh, so as I was going over, I just ended up like, you know, like not understanding why all this is happening. I just, I just kept, and I, I went into this world where I was like, you know, nobody gets me. So, uh, and I, when I found music, when I found music, that sort of gave me my own sonic space. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I would just be known as a kid with headphones, like. Constantly, because I would just, I want to keep my own world there with sound, because sound to me was what I like, but also my curse in a sense, I mean, so, the, so I, the, I think I realised at an early age that music was helping me, I don't know why, and then as I grew older, like, um, my mum and dad split up, like, they basically, uh, you know, like, it was hard at the time and all that, but I think, I think like, uh, my mum took it really hard, I mean, I always started drinking heavier and heavier, and then eventually... You know, we moved out of that house, but she was still drinking and basically she ended up like committing suicide. Mm. So like, uh, I think like, again at that time, so this, but, but by, by this point I'd already been in mental health services and that, I'd already been, so it didn't hit me as bad as a lot of people would expect. It did hit me, but I think the relationship between me and my mum was so intricate to get into it. It's not like, it's like, I loved her a bit, but I think like, that's, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't really, I couldn't actually get annoyed about it at the time. I just had to keep moving forward. But also, but what I was doing to move forward was going out and drinking and taking drugs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, and, like, I think, like... Negative coping strategies. I, and I think, like, it's... At that point in my life, like, I think that was probably when... It's, it's this weird sort of feeling came in me where I was just, like... If I, if I die, man, if I, if I die, like... It won't be, it won't be, like, it won't even be that much of a problem. I, I didn't even see the problem with it. I mean, like, I, I, would literally, I would literally drink to the point of, like, if it happens, it happens. I mean, like, or I would take I would take gear to the point, I would take, I mean, I would take, I would take, take it to the point where I was like, I don't care, I don't care if I die. I mean, like, I really don't. I mean, like, I really, I'd flirt away almost. I, I, was, I, I would almost just be to the point where I would be like, like, like that's what, that was the thing, I didn't even fear of death. That's it, that was, that was the mm-hmm. biggest problem with that part of my life. I did not have a fear of death whatsoever. Like, I was like, what, I don't, I don't, what is the problem of a day? I mean, mm-hmm. And then I think like, uh, like my doctor put that across to me before. Like so, for me, I used to go cycling on the canal at two in the morning with no lights, basically for that kind of like flirting with death kind of yeah. thing. And it's like in a way, like you know, the I guess the impact it has on the people that are left behind when someone takes their life. Uh, so you wouldn't do anything to yourself necessarily, no, but if no. it was out with your hands and something uh, was to yes, happen with uh, you, then uh, it can be, I guess, not that it's no as bad or anything uh, like because it's still pretty bad, but to you, it's no, like, I didn't do this to people. Uh, it's not uh, you're uh, doing uh, that. Uh, it's uh, like, uh, I'm no do, like, I didn't do this. It's, I it happened, it was a freak accident, do you know what I, I mean? Think, That's think the way learn, the doctor put learn, across learn, to me, learn, I like I, to flirt with. Learning, that's one thing I've learned is like you know, I've got a very intense sort of like relationship with 
Adrenaline in a way. I mean, because what if we go back, if we not talk about that, adrenaline is the key behind all mental illness. It's the, and I think me having that spike of adrenaline basically every day for a long time in my life, like, the one thing I went to was cocaine, that I mean, and cocaine was one for ADC is very good, right? One for ADC is very good because, no, I mean, no, no, it's not very good, but I mean, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's very similar it's to very the effective. Very effective yeah, right. when you're coping, when you're coping for ADHD. Because dopamine is what you need no, in your brain, so like, I think like uh, I didn't know again. This is all before I get diagnosed with ADHD, so I, like, no, I, I didn't I didn't know why I didn't know why it works. It's, it's like it's a drug that works, but it has a lot more negative consequences. Aye. Stuff and side is mixed with. See, uh, see, I want because um, just to anybody, a lot of people listening will know that that me and Jordy have been pals for years. But uh, I don't, obviously, since you, you I don't, I'm sure you don't mind because you, you're saying that you've used uh, cocaine and that, but. Aye. I've been with Jordy, right, and the way I've seen you use it isn't the way that I've no, seen other people use it. Obviously, if everybody, I mean, it's a it's a drug a lot of people have, have have taken, and you know they usually get people crammed into a bathroom or that, <laughs> and then they're all they're all crowded around somebody's bank card and whatever. Like Jordy almost was, I was sitting with him one time and he was taking it almost like as medicine. medicine. <laughs> he would take out, he would literally take just enough. And then just sit there and just and just kind of like do what he was doing, and then when and he would just bump himself up every every whenever. Do you know what I mean? And aye. you weren't most people take it, and then they start drinking more. He wasn't even drinking; aye. he was just sitting there. I uh, just want to feel normal. Uh, <laughs> so that speaks volumes to how aye. you were finding some sort of comfort in it, and aye. you obviously it does have its drawbacks. It makes you feel worse, but. You're, if you've been feeling like shit all week, it, you're just you're willing to take that, that risk, yeah, aren't I you? Was, I was, when I found out, I don't know what it was, it clicked out, it probably started a lockdown, where it clicked that, because that's the thing, every day you see in lockdown, <laughs> Seen about the 
the one where they swim to another island oh, and yeah. they, they find pineapples, right? And they're about three three weeks into it. And they eat the pineapples, mate, and they're all buzzing, like they're all <laughs> half basically at out their tits, right? Because sugar is a, a your body reward system. Ah, it hits your reward oh, system yeah. because um your primitive sort of part of your brain knows that sugar can keep you alive when you're in a survival situation. And it's scarce. And it's scarce, so it's like, get that in you. Like that, that's good, keep going. See, because they had no, no phone, no TV, no nothing, no food, no very little water for three weeks, their probably dopamine sensitivities went way down. So that pineapple, <laughs> a bag of gear. Pine, pineapples there. Like, I mean, the fucking king, king pineapple jumping about, dropping it half. And but because uh, there's a, I think you can do called a dopamine detox, but I'm not, I've not done it yet because it sounds boring. Oh, but I mean, uh, see, dope, uh, a dopamine detox, I can't. Uh, it's basically, it's basically a day where I only need to do it for a day. I think, but uh, probably if you've done it for a couple of days, it would probably, probably benefit you more. But you don't. Uh, basically day in you just you can go for a walk I think you can it says you can read you eat just bland meals oh, yeah. uh, and you, you you don't watch telly listen to music you don't do anything that can oh God. Uh, <laughs> spike your levels of excitement I think even just doing that for having a complete day where you just don't day in and can actually bring that because see you think about no, when, when, when like well, for, I don't know if everybody's the same right but when I was young and I, I never I, I never had that much issues like watching telly and that and that I would I would just put a film on and I would probably just watch it. Whether or not I get into it or no, I would still just have it on. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. I need to get up. I need to, and I think obviously I think what I've got is like more of an adult onset ADHD anyway, but oh, I yeah. did have obviously childhood issues, but obviously that's for another day. But oh, yeah. um but uh, I think the lifestyle that everybody's living is no helping it either. No, and I think that that's why everybody, not everybody, but so many more people, people that I would never, see, see when I was, obviously, like, you've, you, like, kind of grew in with the scheme boys kind of oh, early, yeah, right, yeah. quite young. Right. So that, that was, like, the 2008, eight nine where the sort of schemes were really, see, the, see the, there was about one, each, each like, Yoker and, like, Clyde Bank from Chapel would have about one or two dealers. Aye. And if anybody else started selling, Aye. there would be Aye. a fucking... The fucking wars, Aye. and the, you had to know somebody that knew them Aye. to take to take you to get it to get it, <laughs> and uh, and then once you knew them, you could go. But we well, never went. But no, no. <laughs> but um, no, everybody, people that I would never have thought. Everybody takes drugs, and everybody sells drugs. Everybody sells yeah. drugs, and it's cause it's probably cause everybody is needing a some sort of boost congratulations to the war on drugs well to drugs for oh, winning the war on drugs uh, 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 <laughs> well done drugs we'll get drugs in for a podcast man it's a bag of gears a bag of gears in that do you want to explain yourself it doesn't talk it just talks through other people it uses other people as it's uh, that's unfortunate I'll take one for the team just pass it here and I'll just do it but no that was um Aye, but that was some mad monologue I just went off of. But, but uh, I, aye, like, I, I always put it as everybody's got a crutch. Not necessarily that everybody takes drugs because you obviously, like, with a pineapple story, man, you can get that effect out of a lot of things, like Wim Hof, for example. Aye. Like, you can get your DMT release off of Wim Hof. You don't necessarily need to go to a different galaxy and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, I, everybody's got a crutch, and whether that be 
for example, some people go for a run every day, mm-hmm. some people go to the gym every day, or some people will binge on alcohol, cocaine uh, and stuff uh, like that. Everybody's got a crutch, but yep. it's about finding a a crutch that's not going to make your broken leg worse. That's right. It's actually going to help you recover and uh, get better. Uh, like, uh, Gregor said something that I thought somebody was saying to him, because we were doing the Wim Hof, and I think somebody says to him, but is this no a, like a coping strategy or an uh, escapism? And he says, well, 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 we need to have things that help us cope, as Deacon says, a crutch, but is that something that's... We have to ask ourselves, is it, is it adding or taking away? Doing something with Wim Hof, it is a bit of escapism, a bit mm. of coping mechanism, but it's definitely adding something to your life. Uh, it's always the gym. Uh, but whereas binging on food and alcohol uh, and stuff like that is, 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 is as Deacon just said, it's making your broken leg worse, it's making, it's I, I making things worse. It's all about your relationship uh, with it, like gaming yeah. addiction, for example. That's an addiction that can ruin people's life, mm-hmm. gaming addiction, but I, for other people it's just, we're just going to get a couple like, games of COD. That, that, is, that is an actual, you're touching something there, because I think, like, you know, like, the, the addiction side of things, you know, people get addicted to coffee, people get addicted to, like, you know, sugar, like, that's what I was just saying, like, yeah, I mean... Addicted but, to getting up at I, seven in the morning. I know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, I think, I think that thing is, like, you know, like, there's a lot of legal things out there that can kill you just as fast as, like, as, 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 as like, Aye. as, like, are these things, well, I mean? Alcohol is probably, for me, I think, the worst drug because of the accessibility of it. Mm-hmm. Because... Obviously, there's a law that says that you can't sell someone if they're drunk. Aye. How many shops sell alcohol? I know. It's unreal. Alcohol is the worst drug because... I think, honestly, they try in Scotland. They try. Yeah. Because he's a bedtime, you know? He's 10 o'clock, you know what I mean? That just makes you stockpilot, man. Honestly. Well, that's just Glasgow in general. culture. It's the culture, man. Aye. Right, aye, so you touched on it um, as we're talking about uh, coping mechanisms and crutches and that, and yours was music. So, how did the, you get into it? And just if you want to talk it, how you went the process of developing your style of music and so, your sound? So, I think, I think honestly, that music has always been a big part of my family, big part of everything that's like. I mean, like, see, be fairly. Like, I can't remember a time when I didn't hear my sister singing or my mum singing or in the morning in a sweet school and we sister be singing. Like, it's like it was constant music that every. It was that's a good part of my childhood. Really was this the music side to it, but I think where I got my sort of like style and my music and taste from was things like scooter and. Like, you know what I mean? Like, where's it really? Like, Tie your shoes! <laughs> <laughs> Love Scooter, mate. Love Scooter. <laughs> That's our vibe, man. That's our vibe. But I think, I think, like, honestly, when I, I used to, I used to, uh, my pal, I used to, I used to wear his birthday one time, and he had a new Scooter CD, and we're in his house, and the whole night, right, the whole, the whole night, right, I think I, I basically, I basically just sat next to the speaker, mate, like, just listening to the <laughs> The patron kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, so much. I'm so glad. Ah, oh, was it? Really? Oh, but, but I think, but also like Scooter and then obviously Scooter, but also was the whole the whole side of like dance music. We were growing up like you know the PC DJ type things like Gary mm-hmm. McKeith, Team Effect, like or his, or his that was that was some fucking time, man. Uh, the disses, man. That's the same time that's came up in the podcast. I still listen to them. I still oh, listen to I them. Still, I still, I still make them. <laughs> I just, I've got one for it. See everybody just, that knows me, I've got a diss about you. And if you ever piss me off, I just fucking press a button and it's out there. It's on distro, kid. Every single part. It's like KRS, so KRS, KRS One. Is it for Midnight Robbery? Well, he says he said uh, uh, every year 
gonna write a, a diss track about all the top ten rappers <laughs> on the Billboard chart. That's what I do. See the see the top ten people that fucking. And the, the scheme, I, 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 I've got a diss about you, man. I'm coming for you, all. We're going to get them uploaded onto the sound. Don't worry, don't worry. 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 Like mm. was like through that sort mm. of feeling, like the sort of yep. the sort of rocky sort of stuff. So on that. Aye, but like the sort of, I don't know how to describe it. So sort of, the sort of. Like that was a, feel, a that was a rock, like, mm, like, like, new new metal, wasn't it? That was a new genre. Uh, uh, see the sort of rap rock collision uh, with the very like like the plus lyrics. Aye, the, the sort of, it was always about like paranoia and emotional uh, distress, like that that mm. that that vibe. To me, vibe yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the end, it doesn't even matter. Try so hard. So I started. I basically started like you know like really getting deep into music where I was like. We see we had, I found Hardstyle, right? It was on a Hardstyle, and my God, it just like overtook everything. I mean, I, I think to this day you can still play certain Hardstyle songs with the first two beats, and I'd train my brain to know what song it was just by the first two kicks of the song. Mm-hmm. I would know, like, like people at Headhunters, you know, people like, mm. but everybody goes to Headhunters, and I hate saying that first. I wish I didn't say that first. I'll sound like one of the guys, I, know. Really, I do know a lot about Hardstyle. Don't I, you don't want to discount them uh, just because more people know uh, them. I, I think, I think like, as it, people like uh, Dutch Master, like Dutch Master, the Call to Life, there's songs like, like, uh, like we sort of obscure things like Williams Syndrome, who used to be noise control, uh, as noise controllers nowadays. Mm. He was one of the noise controllers, so like, there's like Williams Syndrome back then was like my thing, man. I loved it. Williams Syndrome, I think it's crying, or, or like, I, I can't. I, Song, I can't, I can't show my knowledge here, but I mean, it is Williams Syndrome, like, he was amazing, you know what I mean, but like, uh, that whole side of things, Hardstyle was like mixing a very hard sound, which is like the rocky side to me, and then mixing the dance music side to me, and it just came along at the right time of life, you know what I mean, it was like, And also the freedom of being able to create it without necessarily having to be able to play guitar like fucking... Aye, aye. Oh, that's it, aye. But I, 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 I can't think of any of them off the top of my head, but, but, also, but also, I think, like, see, like, that side of things, I, I started producing when I was, like, 13, right, and I think, like, that's what people don't get, like, like I've always been a sort of free spirit, right, I've always been, like, if I want to do it, again, if I want to do this, I'm going to do it, right, mm-hmm. like, and in the background, I was that for a long time, I never really showed that to a lot of people, but... Like in the background, I've been making music since I've been 30, like 13, 14. I had, it on my, I had the software on my computer, FL Studio, like, and I was just messing about with it, like, about all the day. But the first time I ever made a song, right, was on the Sony Ericsson phone. See, when you used to be able to, like, uh, see yeah, when you used to yeah. be able to use the wee blocks. I forgot all about that. Uh, like, uh, and that's, that's the first time I ever made a song. And that was the moment when I, when I was at, I was at my grandma's conservatory, like, oh, that's so passionate, I mean, but, <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. but, like, 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 uh, Cause then my grandma's like, he tells her another site, and like, uh, she, my cousin, I just got a Sony Ericsson phone, and like, basically, I made, I made, so I, I just realised that you could do this on it. So mm-hmm. I sat there, I sat there for about four hours, and I just was, oh my god, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, I was like, you can, you can put sounds together on it, and I was, so, and I tried, I think I tried to show my cousin, and um, he didn't care about it. He just, oh, 
fucked it off. <laughs> but I still remember to this day, I still remember it, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Aye, aye. And then, like, that was what sort of got me into it. And then I basically, you know, I kept... When I found out you could get FL Studio on that, like, uh, I got FL Studio as I got older and I was messed up with it. But then what happened was, like, I realised that there was a lot more to it than people think, you know what I mean? So, mm. like, and I was like, this, this is not easy, you know what I mean? So, like, so, so I basically, like, went to music college and... But again, I didn't learn anything. There's a, there's a thing with music colleges where, yeah, you go there and all you do is talk about music and think about music, but nobody really does any work, right? It's, it's weird, that I mean, it's like, and then nobody, ever, nobody actually ever actually, there is people there that will do that. I mean, there is people there. There's like one block I, in your whole I, semester I, where you're doing, like, recording a song. I, and you really and I think, I think that's it's a culture thing where a lot of people, I don't want to like, diss anybody, but I think I've seen, I was, I was very passionate about it. I think a lot of people go into music because they want to get famous, right? Which is a total brand down to day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not what you want. You should not get into music if you ever want to like, be cool or be famous. Or, like, because you'll be disappointed. Because you'll be totally disappointed. <laughs> like, like, one, nobody's going to take you seriously, right? Like, because you need to make music that actually people relate to. So like, you need to make music that's very in touch with what people feel. And if you're if you're only doing it for you mm-hmm. and doing it for like what you think you're about or what you what you want for it, mm-hmm. then you'll never connect with people. You'll never connect mm-hmm. with them on a natural level, right? And I think even with techno and even with things like that and techno that I make nowadays, like I still think about I'll start, I'll be there and I'll think what is what what that sound that I heard at that rave, like that will inspire me because I'll think of that sound of what I felt, right? But that's because I felt that because. Someday, like, I mean, I felt that at a rave, so I'm thinking, if I can make somebody else feel like that, I mean, mm-hmm. like, and it's like, and it should really be about that, it should, it should be about, you know, creating things that, like, people get really mm-hmm. connected by, and sounds, sounds can do that, like, sounds, certain sounds can really create things that, Well, you think about you listening to a song that reminds you of someone that I, say, mm-hmm. for instance, you, like, say an ex or someone that's passed away or something, and it can make you cry, do you know what I mean? Sounds, like, songs can invoke any emotion uh, in you, it can invoke anger, <laughs> it can uh, invoke happiness, I, mean, I think, I think, honestly, mm-hmm. I think, like, sounds... Uh, you know, it sounds my favourite thing anyway. It's, it's really, it's my absolute, like, like, fucking true love. You know what I mean? It really is, mate. You know what I mean? But I think, mm-hmm. I think, like, also, like, you know, like, the level of, like, f- like, you know, calmness it gave me, you know, but it's a hard period of my life. That's all obviously goes, obviously helps me a lot as well. I mean, obviously, it helps me with the experience of it, how, how calm it made me feel. So I think, like, I've, I've been quite <laughs> not lucky in a sense that I've went through a lot of stuff, but I think, like, that they me me being able to make me feel a certain way that isn't hard for me. That it's not I'm not mm-hmm. a bad really it's I, I can feel I can feel an emotion for sound purely because I can connect them in that way. I, I don't know how to describe that to somebody else. It's like I can connect, you say that. I mean mm-hmm. that to me sounds like wood, right? Obviously, right? But then aye, aye. then that could that would remind me of nature, that will send me the I'll send me thing and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh there's like birds are dancing about, there's like a guy with a whistle, I mean it's like an actual zone. I, in your I, head, I, I, right? see, and that's what I'm thinking about when I'm making a song putting on the music and I'm like, I'm like uh, a zombie, mate, I mean like and it's like uh, I think like I am very good at visualising things, I'm very good at visualising putting sound to pictures and stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah. Like kind of synesthesia type uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say, man. Uh, like Kanye West's got that. He uh, sees sounds and smells. That's mad, isn't like, it? Uh, <laughs> smells 
Fucking, well, I was going to say smells, tastes, but that's like colours, 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 colours and like sea uh, sounds and stuff. I'm interested. It's I'd love crazy, to. Yeah. I'd love to find somebody with a deep sort of synesthesia and uh, talk to them. Like, like the most finished synesthetic person in the world. Uh, and sit down and talk to them. Uh, <laughs> what do you taste right now? When I say this? <laughs> that's amazing. I think. I think what I, I, mean, I don't. I don't know if I've got synesthesia, but I think what I've got is a very active imagination. Mm, I mean, no. I think, and I think, like, purely, I think a lot of my life was blocking things out. Mm-hmm. I, but I didn't realise I was doing it, so I was using my brain. I was going inside my, closing my eyes, and I mean, I'd be mm-hmm. in that world, I'd be in some, another world, do you know what I mean? This is one of the reasons why a lot of creative people are a bit mental, because you don't live in the real world. I'm mean, <laughs> constantly thinking of other worlds, I'm constantly thinking of, you know, not the real world, I'm constantly uh, trying to create worlds in our brain and create things, even writers and artists and stuff, I'm constantly trying to create something that's, like not there I mean like, so I think, that's I think that's why people that are creative any everybody really because everybody's got some sort of creative talent uh, for something but if you're overly creative and overly stimulated we, we were talking on earlier about lashing out as a form of like expression but you, you you become really frustrated if you feel like there's something that you want to get out there make into something and you're not doing it you're, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice if you're, if you're mm. no if you've got a creative tendency but you're not actually using aye, it in any know, way aye. Aye. and that's I think you can become frustrated and depressed I, I, and, it, and talk about scenarios you can create y- your brain's going to focus on something so if aye. it's not focusing on something that you're giving it to stimulate it it'll just create things aye, in your head aye. it'll manifest things it manifest like sort of but that's a, I'll, I'll, I say also that's a very it's hard because I, I really really do struggle with you know other, a lot of people's opinions that's what people don't get is like what it is is like I use I, I think going back to the rejection sense of dysphoria thing I think basically that makes sure if you're let down right if you're let down you think everybody's letting you down constantly right you make sure that you never want to let anybody down right so basically you, you put a lot of pressure on yourself and then like you see yourself as like a sort of work in progress sort of thing mm-hmm. and you're constantly <clears throat> I think what drives me forward is what I think some people might think about me but not to the point where like it's, I use it I'm trying to use it in a positive way um, I'm trying to use it in a positive way like, I know I'm going to think about that anyway yeah. so what I'll do is I'll go if they might think about that meal I'll do this and I'm going to prove to them I can do this and really it's a motivation you know, right? but mm. that can really tu- that can really turn into badness I mean um, quite easily quite fast I mean so like, I think like uh, it's a, it's a hard really hard sort of thing to balance to find uh, it's like I, when you you care about people like Gregor says this quite often he says oh there's so many things that you would do for someone else but you wouldn't do for yourself mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so for instance if you say like your gran needed her house painted or something like that and you would go and you would paint the house but uh, then yeah. say your house need painted and you go oh I'll date uh, later date <laughs> later date later date uh, later yeah. um, Aye, it's like you won't do as much for yourself as other people. Aye, so yeah, a lot yeah. of the time people end up running at a deficit because they're giving away, I guess, energy that they don't mm-hmm. have for themselves. Yeah. Like they're in a deficit, so it has to come from somewhere and that will, I guess, come from your happiness. I will take it out of that, it'll go, right, so you're running low on this side, so I'm going to balance it out for you. Aye, yeah. And I, that's how you end up by running yourself into the ground, helping think, other people. I think with ADHD, again, we're talking about that, like one of the main things is, you know, like you, one of the main ways that they tell you 
Like, I've been told to tell me is to make everything a game, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. one of the things is, like, you know, see if you're taught about, like, make, make, see if you want to clean your room or you want to do something, act like somebody else in the house or do it for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we will 100% do it. If some, see, if I live with somebody, that's the thing. If I live with somebody, my house will be spotless. Aye. I mean, give you, uh, what because, you need, the motivation. Because I wouldn't even need it for me anyway. Aye, aye, aye. They're going to moan about that. I mean. Aye, I've just been triggered to make my flatmates move in it, and that's what I'm worrying about the most is moving <laughs> like, the accountability where I'm going, right, somebody else lives here too. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> It was you. It was actually you that got me. It was talking about music. It was you that got me into the the meaning wave. Uh, you know, that Akira the Dawn, and uh, there's one with Jordan Peterson. It's called Forty Two Rules for Life, and one of them he says in it is, "Treat yourself like somebody you're responsible for helping." Aye. So treat treat yourself as though. Like is that somebody else? Mm-hmm. Like so you're, you're like your own child. Ah, like, like, so like try to get yourself a. As you're saying, as if you would do things for other people, almost treat yourself like another person uh, that you're trying to help yourself. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's that's a bit like there's also other things with ADHD as well, which is funny, which is like it's even like putting see like putting like a, a, a washing night, it's mm-hmm. like a washing like. See if you put like one item in the washing night, mm. oh, perfectionism takes over. Like, you say, Oh no, can I just put one? I mean, like, oh, like, no, right, <laughs> and it's like, and it was just really, what's the way in the washing machine? Like, so that's the thing, it's like, so that's a wee trick. You can, you, I've done it myself, and it does work, uh, yeah. but then again, like, it's like, you almost your brain figures you, your brain figures you, and you go, like, it's like your brain knows it's, a, it's not a game anymore because uh, you yeah. you're basically so. Like, what it does with me, this is my, this is, again, this is my opinion. I mean, really, I think with me, I need to make everything that sort of thing. I need to do that. Mm-hmm. I need to constantly tell myself it's for other people, but that, that manifests into like, what do, what do they think all right. the time? When really, it's a, it's a sort of it's a sort of line there, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's really, I just want to date for them. Like, I mean, I, mean, I want to date for them, but uh, it's hard. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. And it's no easy necessarily. See, when you're someone that's, uh, I guess, empathetic, you put yourself out for other people and stuff like that, when you start to realise that that's becoming a problem for you, Uh, it's really difficult for other people to then understand that that's how you are now. Do you know what I mean? And they, like, for me, I found that, like, obviously when I stopped lying in my bed all the time and just smoking weed all day and all this kind of stuff and I started doing things for myself, that the people that I would do things for previously, they didn't, (laughs) <laughs> no, they didn't appreciate what I'd done for them before or anything like that, but it's like they expect uh, and then because you're not doing, you feel like you go, oh, I'm being a dick here because I'm not doing what I always do. Or I feel guilty or I feel that's this is, or I feel that's that is, way, That's but... a problem with me, I, that's a problem. Because no, but it's not the fact that sometimes what I realise is I've thought about doing things for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I get into. If I've realised a big revelation for me was... I do, I've written for a lot of people, right? When really it's not, what I do is think about doing things for a lot oh, of people, yeah. right? And I'm constantly in my head going, I would do that for them, I would do this for them. No. But really, I've not actually done anything for them. Mm. Anything, but because of my, because of my feel, emotional thing towards them, where I think, like, you know, I would do that, mm-hmm. then I don't get something. I didn't, I didn't used to get why some people wouldn't do things, and I would be like, and I'd be like Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I should have done that. And really, like, mm-hmm. really, you pick. I, I, I should have the expectations in it. Aye, so you've got the expectations they're set up to aye, kind of fail. I guess a lot aye. of the time, I find. Um, I when you make expectations, it aye. leaves a, a space for failure for aye, it. So I don't go in with expectations aye. at all because there's nothing to let down in that. Aye, aye. Then like, there's everything good's a bonus in it. Aye, it's like that. Uh, was it prepare for the? Uh, 
what is it prepare for the worst expect the best or uh, prepare uh, for the best expect the worst either way it is like, aye, aye, uh, yeah, aye. Aye, so it's like aye, you need to uh, that's also another one with the ADHDs where you're constantly going through your head uh, all the scenarios so, so the whole, you are the just preparing uh, for the worst the preparing for the best and everything setting up for a fall it's like uh, you think this is I mean you put all, all you can do that as well with music now and like put all your hope and say this tune's going to be the one that, that oh, takes yeah, off yeah, you yeah. and I, I used yeah. to do I, I, I done I was doing like a couple of podcasts and that Earl's and thinking that was a good one that's the yeah. one that's going to mm-hmm. catch yeah. on and it, it's it, it's it does really hard, it's, uh, really, it's really hard to say I know what you mean but once you realise it was you that, that set that up that yeah. this is going to do this mm-hmm. but you're like right I've done it let's see if people like it and then when people do then you're like Right, that's pretty good. That's good encouragement. But it's the same situations happen. Nothing's changed. It's just how yeah. you're viewing it. And I think I think you're touching something there. Whereas, like, you know, I think I think being creative in general, like, mm. like, all is all here. You know what I mean, like, I think like what it is is like we're creating the new. Uh, I, know, I, know. <laughs> but I think I think what it is is like I think you know uh, creationists. <laughs> I think I think like what it is is like um, you know like. Like the real, it's really hard. But are you touching something there? Because like, you know, see when you put when you make music, right? That's what you need to go over right at the very start. I would say to yeah. anybody, right? To anybody creating anything, mm. right? <laughs> yeah. When you put something out, right? It's all objective. It's, it's a, one, a one, one thing. If you put something out, what you're going to need to take is the fact that probably nobody's going to listen to it for the fu- for the first mm. while. I mean, and that's the like, that is a thing that is really hard to take because the amount of effort you put into it, right? And like. It, I mean, I'm really, to be honest, not not millions of people listen to my music yet, you know what I mean? Mm. But what it is, is like... Nearly a thousand. Aye, but, like, <laughs> but yeah, see, it's one of those things where, like, you know, that took a long time, I mean, that took a yeah. long time, and, it, and, I, and even I still get really frustrated when, especially but my latest song, I put my latest song out, and I think it was really, like, it, I, it's one of the ones that what I'm annoyed about is my latest song I didn't actually put as much effort into mm-hmm. as the one before it mm-hmm. but this one I put out and seemed to get more attention ah, and it's like and it's like and it's like and now I'm just like and I'm like so I just don't care about it so ah, I just, I just, yeah, so I just yeah. make music that no care you know what I mean I think, <laughs> I think there was a YouTuber mm. that spoke about that I can't remember his name it might have been like Memulus or something but it was on that oh, yeah. Lad Bible Minutes With it's their YouTube channel they do where they interview I know, people I like he, that, man. I like he was it. talking about how um he always wanted to be a YouTuber, so he used to have YouTubes and he had like a thousand subscribers and all this kind of stuff and he was constantly putting out videos going, I want this to be the best one, I want to grow up and all this and then eventually he gets sick of doing that and started just putting out what he liked and that's what actually took him off and that's where his fan base comes from is when, when he started, when he stopped putting in his own expectations of um, this one's going to do this uh, this one's going to do this and then he was like it's a very this hard thing to go over, thing uh, thing to go over. Uh, everybody does it at the start man. every mm. single person does it because I think it's almost like human nature to the uh, I've put so much I think somebody's going to listen I mean, that's, that's like, uh, and that's the thing or somebody's going to watch uh, it I mean, like, and it's like that's a very it's hard mate it's really hard no, to get it's, it's, it's all archetypal story I know like I was I was at rock bottom and then I had an idea for a video or a tune then that was a tune that changed it all. Uh, right. It's that whole fucking like story that f- Hollywood sh- shite, if you know what I mean, almost. But I get it. I know. See, see, even even right into when I'm writing pieces of coursework for mm. for uni, I, I I put there's ones that I'll have I'll have time and I'll put put a fucking lot of effort into it and think it is it's it's 
really, really good. And then there'll be other ones that's coming towards the end of whatever the deadlines. Cram. And I cram it in and I'm like, fuck it, it's no great. It'll probably pass. It'll probably do all right. And then I guess I better mark than the man that I thought was brilliant. And I'm just kind of sitting know, there it's, like... It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really... It's, it's a thing with us, I get you saying, mm. it's, it's, like, it's, it's so annoying, mate. I've started trying to even look in between the lines and think, what what is it that's in that that I've done? But right. uh, right. so that's, that's an even, I think, even, an even harder process. Like, when you're putting less effort into it, it's more you. That's you know not probably, I mean? like mate. Un- aye, aye, more authentic. Unfiltered you, aye, because you're when you're trying to... Trying to get things like this, it's the same like I said with that guy's YouTube when he was trying to get like uh, views and subscribers uh, when he was trying for that. Uh, that's when it wasn't working for uh, him. But when he was just doing it for the fun, uh, that's when it comes to uh, you and you've got the like your natural flow state comes to well, you. I think, I think one of the things that I've done now is it's just I mean, knowledge in it, it's, like, it's experience and knowledge, mate. That's it's a key to anything, mate. It's a key uh, to anything, like, really. But, uh, it's really, mate, and I think I've got to a stage in my music where what I've what I, I'm at a stage where I can think of something in my head, which I think is a dream state to get any when you're making music or anything, creating anything. I can think of something in my head and I can create that. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. to a very good standard anyway of what I actually has in my head. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing with people who make music or create anything is like, what we've got in our head, right? Like, if we could, could create that exact thing, right? We'd, be, we'd all be superstars, right? We'd all be, right. <laughs> we'd all, like, because, like, because that, see that, see that, see that, see that version of what you've got in your head, that you know that that would be like, oh my God, that'd be amazing, right? But it's getting the knowledge and experience to be able to create something similar mm. and actually you're never going to get it. You're never mm. going to get what's in uh, your head. Right? You're never going to get uh, it. You're never get as close, you're close to it and get as close to it as possible. Mm-hmm. But it will never be exactly what you're thinking. Getting, I mean. I've been able to hone this because when you first obviously you say you've got it in your head and when you're a wee bit raw with your t- your talent, you've no you've no really honed the skill. Uh, it's no. It's again. It's you've no got the language to express it. But as you tweak your approach and get uh, better and better as you say it does get closer and closer I think I think learn a new phrase uh, kind of thing I, think, I think the other thing mm-hmm. as well is basically like, see what it is is like you know like I think right at the start if you could have the same knowledge and power you would create way better music than anybody because right at the start you've got more passion you've got more everything mm. you've got real intentions but it's hard, it's hard, what, what the actual sad thing is is keeping the same level of enthusiasm where you're learning the knowledge and power because mm-hmm. like, once you get to the stage where you can do all this you might even be like I can't be bored doing this anymore it's too mm-hmm. much effort I mean that's because like, it's like honestly the amount of stuff you need to learn and music especially like, it's really really technical a lot of stuff like, like, like compressors EQs like, like you know like, like, like delay reverb like, and you need to learn the reverb times you need to learn like, like you know you need to learn the side chain you need to learn distortion you need to compress your kicks you need to compress your lead you need to, you need to, it's like, you need to do so much stuff that it's just like nobody expects when you're sitting at a rave you know what I mean like, sitting there like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a song yeah. you know what I mean like, and there's, like, there's like, all this stuff that like I wonder how many super noodles this guy is trying to make a song <laughs> how long it took me. I know Aye. and I think like but then even at the top about music with a video sorry like your video editing like video editing is an art in itself video editing is like and to be able to timing and that sort of stuff and like really timing is a key I would say video editing is like I mean like it's like but again like if, you, if you've got a good music musical taste the like, timing can come a bit easier mm-hmm. I, th- I think I mean I think like so I would also go verge into, if you're doing anything creative go into different worlds and be creative because mm. you'll learn things from different worlds of creativity mm. that you can then take into other Versions of like I, 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 I advocate that as well. I think mm. that if you get good at something, 
I think he can get good at other things quicker. Uh, yeah. Some somebody that can play, I think, a guitar, I think would probably pick up the piano quicker than somebody uh, that's never mm-hmm. never done music. Because like if anything you've done, you have to think right, how did I get good at that? Right, well I kept putting effort in over and over, so you know that you've you can you've got a track record of saying that I know that I done that for three months and never seen any major improvement. But then the month after that, I, my my skill level doubled. Uh, so you know, you stick through those parts. You know how to like when when the times that you're, for example, not feeling like doing it, you know how to get yourself into the position and date at least do something and just all these wee different things. So I, I definitely I think you should you should definitely uh, like you could practice different things, but they can it can help you. And things that aren't even related to it. I, I honestly think I think it's like what it is is like you know like I think being creative is is not just set to it's not get boundaries right. It's, mm-hmm. it's not be like really what being creative should be is just expressing yourself in any mm-hmm. sort of way. And I don't I don't think I think anything could be art. I'm one of you guys. I mean I, I really do. I think like you know that that pen on the table. I mean you take a right, put a good picture of it. I mean that's art. I mean it's like and it's like I think like someone's think, created that. I pen. know. And it, but, but I know somebody the, the craftsmanship of that pen is art. I mean that's what I say. So like, I think I think like I literally think like like really art is not just about you know like what you see in a art gallery or what you see mm-hmm. on SoundCloud or what you see on Dingley. It's a communication that's not necessarily, I guess, with words or as well. It's one of the oldest forms of communication, Aye. cave paintings and all that. Do you know, I know what I mean? That's, the art's always been with humans. But I really, I really do. I believe in the fact that everybody should be able to, you know, express, like, their self. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think, like, and finding a way to do that may be hard for some people, or maybe they, maybe they, they sort of like outlook on what you might look like or what you might do, right? But to me, I think, you know, being able to, you know, release some of that stuff that's inside you through an art form or through like something that maybe can, you know, like express you in a way that nobody saw you before, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. That might be hard for some people as well, right enough, you know what I mean? Seeing people, showing people aside to you now they've seen, but I think, being, I think, you know, like, I'm not saying that everybody should do that. I don't, I don't think... Don't think it's, like, it's it's up to you, right? But I think mm-hmm. what I think should I think people should do is maybe, you know, try and get things out in different forms of like uh, different mediums because I think it's good for you, man. It's it's, it's good for you, I mean, it's just it's good for you, uh-huh. I mean, it's like it's really really good. To, it's really, and I think if more people are open to that sort of level of art and level of the like, expression yourself. You know, we're not, we're, we're, let's, let's be honest, we're not talking about a total liberal Yahoo like, sort of thing. I mean, I mean that's, what, that's what everybody's going to say. I mean, like, I'm not talking about like a total left wing sort of like thing, right? Or a right wing, like, if you want to talk about that, right? We're talking about the like, real art. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. like, art, actually, you have a political stance on that as well. I think that's what people get too much, like, too much into when they talk about the arts and stuff like that. I mean, I'm going to get any politics too much, but I think, mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not left. I'm not right. I'm. I'm oh, I yeah, believe yeah. in what I believe in. That I mean, like, right. but I think, like, I, I think, like, uh, I think what it is is like, you know, I never. I. I, I think art shouldn't should, should be. I it mean, should be valued more than it is. You found I, that when uh, there was a lot of people that uh, so the pandemic hit, there was furloughs and all the rest. There's a lot of people that are self-employed, self-employed artists, musicians, and all the rest. Yeah, they didn't get a relief package. I don't know. Like, I do you know, know what I mean? Like someone that sells paintings, they're not getting. Like a relief package off the government for an hourly rate to keep them going, like they need to go 
Right, I sell this many paintings this year and this many paintings this year. They don't value art the same way that they value no. like administration I don't, I don't, and all that because, kind of stuff. Because, uh, because, these, because these things keep companies going. That's mm-hmm. what I said. It doesn't fit the kind of like capitalist narrative of... Oh, yeah. Like supply demand it's like art you make one piece and then if, like, I mean if you make copies of it after it then cool whatever but like I, art's like there's like one piece and you yeah, buy the one piece it's it's, uh, it's, 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 it's like, and you know what, like, if you look at banksy and stuff like that you can also mix politics and stuff like that like, yeah. I mean that is mm-hmm. that is that is that is, political statement that's, that's the next level of it but I mean yeah, I think we'll talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think that's like the main challenges that artists and creative people face then is basically a lot of it's themselves and expectations? Like, um, yeah, I think so. art comes through pain. Mm. Mm. I mean, but I think like, that's a one way of it. I mean, there's this happy art and stuff like that, but genuinely it comes through feeling, you know, strong emotions. Strong emotions, I And I think mm. like. Uh, I think art is it's genuinely quite hard it's quite I don't know it's quite hard to if, if so I think the, the people that you usually see that are like maybe great artists right mm-hmm. like talk about for talk, instance like a I'm just going to say artists as in the way like painters but um, say like Peter Housen um, you know like he's like one of the Glasgow boys he's one of the the best artists I've ever seen in my life. Is that one of those sort of bulls and stuff? Yeah, like so that? he does like um, down and out boxers, uh, that kind of thing. Um, he, I don't, I don't think he does it anymore. But he used to be a heroin yeah, addict. They were colourful ones. They really sort of. Oh, they're amazing, uh, man. They're I so, they're so. There's some Glasgow boy stuff in there, uh, like the Salvador Dali style uh, and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's surrealism, uh, and. Hi man, like a lot of artists have substance abuse issues. Um, musicians, for example, you hear it all the time mm-hmm. on the news about, like, say, for instance, like not just musicians, actors, uh, Macaulay Culkin, who's a child actor, aye. man, and ended up using substances. I always find that it, the substance abuse doesn't come first. Yeah. There's a reason why you would abuse a substance. So it is the the inner turmoil that he right. was facing as a child actor and then having all these things given to him and then maybe one day they weren't given to him and he's like, oh, well, what's wrong with me? Why am mm. I not getting this? So I, like anyone that's creative, man, I'd say, it's like um, myself. It'd be good to look into quantifying the link there between like artists and like people in creative industries and how many have, as you said, sub- obviously the substance abuse doesn't, isn't, doesn't come first, but like how many have mm. substance abuse issues, how many have mental health issues and stuff like that? Listening to the Man Matter Podcast. That's the end of part one. Part two will be available next week. Get in touch with your questions at podcast at menmatterscotland.org. You can contact us on 0141-944-7900, contact at menmatterscotland.org or through our Facebook at oh, Men Matter Scotland. This has been a big sweaty mama production.